You're listening to the Podcast Detroit Network. Visit www.podcastdetroit.com for more information. The views and opinions expressed on this show do not necessarily represent those of the network, its advertisers, owners, or sponsors. Hey, everybody. It's Wednesday night. Podcastdetroit.com. This is American Winer. How's everybody doing? We are back in this lovely, lovely, lovely spring weather. Spring has finally sprung. There are buds on the trees. It feels great. I walked outside this morning and I was I was rejuvenated. Uh, my guest tonight is a, a friend, a guy that I met at uh, my place of employment. The story of how we met is pretty funny. We will get into that in a moment. But uh, his name is Levon White. Levon, how you doing? I'm good. I'm good. I hope everybody well. How you doing, man? I'm good. I'm good. Uh, like I said, the weather is. Uh, you know, how can you not be good in this weather, right? Because we don't really get it here. Yeah, it took it took longer than uh, normal. It seems this year. This was a very long winter, but it's finally over. Fingers crossed, and because uh, it might snow tomorrow. Yes, yes, that is pure Michigan. But um, uh, so we'll we'll start off by telling the folks um how we met. Uh, we both work at a uh, Euclid Manufacturing uh, in near Hamtramck, and um, I uh, we both work the night shift. And I'll, I'll start it off, and then I'll hand it over to you right. after the the action starts. But uh, the. I, it was last January and uh, I had just gotten off and I was uh, quite tired and I, I was backing my car up and I realized I'd struck uh, another person's car. The, the parking lot, the, the aisles can be kind of narrow and I was going like 0.1 miles per hour. I was not uh, in a hurry. I was just backing out and all of a sudden I felt the of me uh, hitting something and I got out and I was I was like, oh man. So I get out and I'm like, well, maybe I didn't do anything. So I I get out and I see that the bumper is indeed damaged and I'm I'm like, I don't know if this guy's on days. I don't know if he's on nights. So rather than stand here and wait for him and uh, be tired, I'm just going to get his license plate and call HR when I get home. And uh, and so at that this point, I'll hand it over to Man, you because you got I, I, out and you. Yeah, it was it, it, it was crazy on my part as well. I, I appreciate that. I appreciate what you did because uh, soon as she told me that she wanted to see me in the office. I immediately, I immediately knew what it was about, right. and, and it's, it kind of hurt me because I blame my little brother for it. Um, uh, yeah, I gave my little brother the car for a night, and um, brought it back. It was a dent on it, so I thought that he did it. Cause, so I, you didn't realize it that morning, like you didn't even no, see it at first, huh? You know, when it's time for you to get off a ten hour job, you just leave. You you. There's no reason to stay behind looking I, for anything. That's why it happened so, <laughs> <Right>. for me. <laughs> so, yeah, I missed out on it uh, leaving work, but I mean, I, I noticed actually right before I went back to work the next night. And, uh, but I, like I said, once again, I appreciate you. It was unfortunate the way that happened, but everything happens the way God wanted to. Mm-hmm. And now we're here talking to each other because what happened is I, I I got an email with your name and number on. I contacted you, and I realized I've been walking past you, you know, <laughs> right, every night right. for you know the past like. <laughs> six months yeah. or whatever it was and uh and we worked it out and now and I, and you kind of you were in my office and you were kind of you offhandedly mentioned that you write poetry and i was like oh no shit well i have a podcast with uh, artists that i bring on and you know you want to come in so here we are Man, so we go I, I didn't even have to say that and if i wouldn't even mention my music mm-hmm. you know, it wouldn't it would not be at this point right now but um i did i did and, and here we are Indeed. Well, we'll get started then, man. I, I always start every interview uh, with the same question. That question is, where were you born? In Chicago, Illinois, Chi-Town. Do you remember the hospital, just out of curiosity? Yes, I do. Mount Sinai. Mount Sinai. Okay. 
Um, so tell me about your childhood. Then. Did you grow up in Chicago? or I grew up in Chicago. Um, we moved to uh, Detroit. Actually, we moved to Hamtramck when we first moved to Michigan. Um, I was in about sixth, seventh grade, something like that. Um, uh, it, it was it was a different change due to life itself because Chicago is way more fast paced. There's a lot more people, mm-hmm. a lot more going on. So when we got here, everything was calm and chill, which was like it was different for us. But I grew grew up in Chicago, on the west side, um, west side, K Town, Kilbourne. That must have been quite the change to to move. You were you said you're twelve, thirteen, somewhere in there, in middle school, huh? Yeah, yeah. And um, leaving all my friends out there it was kind of hard. Um, but I was not old enough to really have those friends like brothers, so it wasn't that hard. Mm-hmm. Once I got here, um, I began to play basketball, so it, it wasn't it wasn't hard to meet new people. Actually, it was great because I it was diverse. Mm-hmm. Um, being in Chicago on the west side is just it's just African American black people, um, which nothing is wrong with that. I, I love that, but being around different cultures, you learn more, you mm-hmm. gain more knowledge, and and being a Hamtramck, I none but love from all type of John, your different groups, ethnicities, and cultures. Mm-hmm. All those that. Polish people, yeah, <laughs> Albanians, um, uh, Arabics, uh, Muslims, and keep going. Mm-hmm. Keep going. Well, so uh, what what kind of a student were you then? You said you played basketball. Uh, I, I did play ball. I played sports, uh, ran track, played basketball. I was I was a quiet student. Um, a lot of my emotions came out on a basketball court, which kind of shocked a lot of people, mm-hmm. a lot of uh, other students and teachers, because I was in the classroom so quiet. I was focused, but at the same time, I, I was quiet. I was to myself. I enjoyed that, you know what I'm saying? Um, but like I said, when, once I played sports, I just came out that shell. Mm-hmm. I was able to express myself doing whatever sport I did. And to, to grow up now, that's I, I keep that in my heart. And this is how I'm going to express myself, like I'm playing some sport. But this music and my poetry, mm-hmm. that is my sport. That's my love. So I'm going to express it until the day I leave this place. Okay. Uh I should say we have a bit of an audience in the studio today. Uh, your, your mom and your sister are here, uh, and so I, I was going to ask what what did your parents do, and, and what were what did they do for a living? Man, man, um, my dad. I mean, a lot of lot of. To be honest, uh, my father, I wanted him to be there more for me. Um, I appreciate the time that I did be able to spend with my father. But he was he he basically just did factory work. What I'm doing now, mm-hmm. something I'm trying to get out of. Mm-hmm. Um, my Hard mom, <laughs> right, right. My mom, on the other hand, uh, just no words. I, I don't, I don't like. It's, it's awesome, mm-hmm. you know, awesome. Like, you know, you you just think something is so good, you you just can't say what you really want to. But just a queen, just a queen to be there for all. Five of her of her children, um, different personalities, and to hang in there, and for all of us to be older now and grown and still here in a good direction, uh, just give you an example of a good parent. So that, that's that, there we are. My mother did. Uh, she she took care of um, um, clients, um, disabled clients, and she treated those clients like they were her children. Kids mm-hmm. at my school knew names of my mother's clients. That's how close she took care of them. So that's what my parents did. Basically just 
my mom just be a good parent. Okay. Uh, so, all right. So you, you moved to, uh, to Hamtramck specifically when you were in middle school and uh, you were playing sports. You're a quiet kid, but except for when you were playing sports. Right. Um, when did you first get interested in music then? I say about 23. I was um, hanging out in Ann Arbor, actually, at oh, no uh, kidding. Michigan University. You know, um, me and my older brother, we was out there. Uh, we, uh, I, I'm, I'm gonna mention uh, beer pong. Okay, yeah, that's cool. This we was like, we, we was like ten and zero that day. It was awesome. It was amazing. <laughs> it was amazing. Um, I was out there in Ann Arbor, and and that night it was a, um, it was a house party, and we all ended up in the back and freestyled. I, I never really freestyled on my own like that before. I just watched my older cousins and friends do it. Mm-hmm. But I was in the zone, um, began to freestyle, and we drew a crowd. Me and the guy that was out there, we drew a crowd. And from that point, I, I had this confidence in, in me that mm-hmm. I, I, I like this. I like this. But you were 23 when you did I, that? I was 23. And you never 23. tried it before? I never tried it. I, I was— as much music as I ever got in my soul or my spirit was being in church. That's where my music came from, church. Mm-hmm. Um, and that that's it. 23 is my beginning. Do you think that there was a particular reason as to, like, why that moment just, you know, why do you think it was that moment, that house party? Like, you'd never, you said you never really tried it in front of other people before. Like, why that moment, do you think? Why did you choose that moment what was inside you that decided to come out right then and not you know years before or or after for that matter i wanted to express myself Mm -hmm. instead of playing basketball how can i do it like idea art i express myself through drawing and lyrics i felt something that night i felt the sense of that i wanted to show myself not even others that I can I can do this. Mm-hmm. I always wanted to freestyle or just be in hip hop and rap because I always looked up to my older cousin. Um shout outs to my cousin Gio. Um we we he 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 was a bigger brother to me. Um I wanted to do everything he did and the way he did music and the way he still does music and he don't even try us. It's amazing. So that night I felt good. Maybe it was the ten games of beer pong. I'm not sure, but I <laughs> you're felt, already I felt on good. a winning streak, and, right? And, uh, and just to open up out there, and people listen to me, mm-hmm. like listen to me. It was beautiful. Like I'm not in Sunday school. I'm not in front of you know y'all don't you don't have to listen to me. But mm-hmm. when people was there and was listening to me, I'm like, okay, okay, I could do this. There we go. Yeah. Well, I, the reason I asked is because I was I was 22 when I first started doing music, and I had I had been interested in it uh, way before then. But right. it, I, like you said, there was just for me, it wasn't really a moment; it was more a gradual process. Right. But um, but yeah, it's like you know, it, it is kind of like why didn't I start when I was 15 or whatever? And it's like because as soon as you start doing it, then you're like, man, I love this. Yeah, you know, this it. is what. Yep. So, yep. but um, uh, when did you start making your own music? Then was it right after that, or I say about 25. Um. I began to really record my own music, uh, my own music, my own style, should I say. I always did it my way, but um, I, I did music with people. It, it, it really was no meaning there exactly, yet I was just writing, 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 trying to get the rhythm, and gain control of it. But, um, yeah, I, like I said, 23, from 23, I began to do it. 
um, about 25. I really started writing my own music. I, I wrote this song called um, Ghetto Nights and Hollywood Days. Okay. Um, and and my uncle that I played ball with for a long time, he, he liked it. He liked it. Um, and I let my mom hear it, and she enjoyed it. And uh, from that point, I just didn't have a sense of being able to talk on or, or rap. That song was like poetry. And from that point, I went into poetry as well as the hip hop. Oh, okay. So the poetry didn't even start until until after you right. started the music. Right. right. Okay. Because sometimes it's the other way around. Somebody's been writing poetry for years and they decide to put it to music. Mm-hmm. Um but uh, so who are your uh who are your biggest influences and inspirations musically? People that you listen to and are inspired uh, by? Kendrick Lamar, uh J. Cole, of course. The king of it all, Tupac. Um what he spoke, the words that he used, and I also go back and I study uh Biggie a lot, Biggie Smalls and the stories that he tell in his music. Um it just it a capture. He would be doing a song and you would zone out where you're watching a movie, but you're listening to his words. Mm-hmm. And I wanted, I, I, I told myself that I could do that. I could do that because I'm creative in my mind. So mm-hmm. in my mind, I could create whatever I want. And to be able to put it on paper and have other people watching what I'm saying as well as hearing, it's nothing better. It's just amazing. Mm-hmm. It's amazing. Um, so... I guess I'll ask you about Tribe of Judah first because – well, let me ask you this. What came first? Was it your solo work or was it Tribe of Judah? Did you immediately start working with them or did you already already uh, start doing the 3D uh, Vaughn stuff? It was it was solo. Actually, um, I, I met one of my guys that, I, that, I do, that I'm in a group with um, working at Apple. Oh, okay. Um, and, you know, he was a tech there. So we went from there and we played basketball together. Emotions, mm-hmm. defense, hustle, and he he introduced himself to me like, man, you, I like your game, I like your hustle, and it went from there. Uh, we began to mention music, and he, man, I got an idea. Heard the idea, um, and we went from there. Uh, it has it has not been that long, but we've been putting in work. There's gonna be like I said, a lot of visuals coming soon, mm-hmm. but that was the start. Working at Apple, working in the office, uh, met a good person, um, and we had conversations. Went from there with the music, still doing it. And was that in? That would have been because I saw you guys released uh, the video for "I Salute You" in uh, October of 2016. Mm-hmm. Um, was that in 2016 or was that? Uh, that was before? actually when it um, it was recorded. Um, the finished work was done with the video maybe a month after. Okay, so it was that same year. It was that same year. Okay. So you had already been at because you you mentioned you're almost thirty uh, before we get on the air, and so you you'd already been at it with your solo work for a couple of years before then before you met. And who who was the was that E or Messiah? The that uh, was um, Messiah. Okay, because you guys Tribe of Judah is a trio, so right. Um, but uh, so as far as your solo work, like what had you done in between when you wrote uh uh the the first song Ghetto Nights and Hollywood Days and uh, meeting Messiah and going and saying, I'm going to do this as a collaborative effort. Like, what did you, what did you been working on that well, time before? From that point, it was just like, um, there was no like work. It was basically practice. Mm-hmm. Um, writing, a lot of writing, not really any songs. I did, I did, um, 
I did practice on like a little mixtape. I did a mixtape. Okay. Um, but not really most of those songs was put out. But like I said, it was practice. The reason I said practice was because I wanted to feel and figure out who 3D Vine was. Mm-hmm. Um, so I kind of waited. I kind of waited. I waited. And like I said, once that confidence came in where I know this is who I am, I didn't want to go from one person. Then four months later, I'm someone else. Four months later, I, I'm someone else. But I have different styles. So during that time, it was basically a lot of studying, filling out my voice, okay. uh, filling out, gaining my rhythm. And the way I do music, um, I could do m- music. I could have a voice on one beat, another voice with the same voice, just another style on another beat. So that's what that time consisted of, just basically learning myself. Experimenting, right. basically. And right. did you find out who 3D Vine was? I did. I did. Who, and who I still am. 3D Vine. Who is 3D Vine? 3D Vine is uh, that 3D dedicated, determined to dominate. Um, everything I ever did, I wanted to be the best at it. I wanted to be better than my older brothers and my older cousins, uh, not just because I wanted to be a better um, man, but just a better person in general. So 3D Vine represents hard work ethic. Um, someone that's going to grind until the day that he leaves this place, um, a poet, Artists, and I love giving back. And it's not that I have money because I don't have that yet. But what I can give is knowledge so that people can appreciate the little that I have to give. So 3D Vine is basically a dedicated, determined to dominate type of person. Okay. So after you, you did the work on figuring out who 3D Vine was and then you met Messiah, uh, tell me the story of how you guys came up with Tribe of Judah and you met E and, and all that kind of stuff and decided to to make a go of that. Um, e, I met E through Messiah. That's Messiah's closest friend. I, they they grew up together. Um, and E is like, he have that voice, that, that solo voice himself. So he's like the Melvin Franklin of the group mm-hmm. from The Temptations, should I say. Um, um, so basically, um, these guys wanted to put together um, a project where we're able to show people what's going on in the neighborhoods that's filled with poverty that other people may just ride past or see on TV. Just keep going. Um, We wanted to show that the people that's in poverty, that it's a way out. Through unity and faith, we wanted to show the people that's outside those neighborhoods that's what's what's in those neighborhoods are not what they think. And there's the real people there that have real problems on a day to day base basis due to, you know, like life itself, um, not personality trouble, but financial problems. Maybe you know, like normal things that goes on in the neighborhood that the world don't see in the inner cities. We want to be able to show the world that there are so many talented kids and beautiful, smart women. And the way that grandmothers and the grandparents are, we want people to the kids that's in the inner cities to respect their parents and respect their grandparents and stuff like that. So just open the eye. And I feel like if I'm that if I'm that key that can open up the door for a lot of other people to just show 
the world and to themselves that I could be me mm-hmm. no matter what it is. I could be me. So that's what the tribe of Judah basically wanted to tell people and show people that life is life no matter what side you're on, rich side, poor side, um, straight side, gay side. Life is life, whatever it may be. Um, God is God. Love is love. And that's what basically Tribe of Judah want to show and give to people is love. So that's the, that's the mission then. That's the mission. So how did you, how, where did the name Tribe of Judah come from? How did you guys settle on that name? Uh, Tribe of Judah, it came from um, Messiah. Um, but basically, Tribe of Judah, Judah represents the lion strength. Um, so the group itself is a foundation and, and sets itself off strength and faith. That's where Judah came from, okay. the lion, the lion of strength and faith. Uh, tell me about you guys' writing process. How do you guys go about putting together a song? It, it changes. Uh, sometimes we sometimes we could be watching a basketball game, to be honest, and mm-hmm. I get doing a little beat in my head and then maybe messiah come up with some stuff and man how did, that, that was nice or it, it's different like i said it varies we'll be in the studio we'll be working we'll be going over stuff so really what we do is study we talk about what we're doing we don't put too much pressure on ourselves and as we're going through the process of just enjoying ourselves then that's when the topics come up once the topics come up then we get into detail once we're in the detail, then that's when we go into, okay, I could set this out this way. So, okay. if that answers you. Where, where, uh, where do your backing tracks come from usually? Do you come up with them on your own or do you borrow them or where does, how does that work? The, the, I should say the, re, the, the one particular one that I'm curious about is mm-hmm. uh, Levitate to the Sky, which I know is a, is a solo track. But um, the the piano on that is absolutely gorgeous, and I was I heard that and I was like, man, that's that's beautiful. Okay, so actually, I'm just oh, levitate, levitate to the sky. Um, that instrumental um, was basically a, a free instrumental, a practice instrumental, not actually from my producer, but those pianos and the violins and stuff that you hear is all my type of style. Um, that levitate to the sky was just to put out to just keep my fans, you know, that I'm still here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, that, that, that's the, that actually, actually, I want to say, uh, levitate to the sky. My, my nine year old, he's 10. Uh, he, he helped me with that song, actually. Oh, really? He, he, he really like, yeah, yeah. He, um, he helped me, he helped me get that together. And I went from there and wrote it. But I give, I give, I give the topic of that song, um, I give props to my little nephew for helping his uncle with that one. That was that was awesome. Well, was did awesome. he uh, did he write the lyrics? Or no, he, he? he uh, actually the chorus, the levitate to the sky. Uh, demons want to keep me low. I flow like the Nile. Mind on its own aisle. Demons want to keep me low. I flow like the Nile. That came from him. Oh, he really? Like the Nile. So yeah. you know what I'm saying. So he helped me with that. Um, he, he, people's gonna know about him soon as well, but. Uh yeah yeah the pianos, um my, my producer his name is No Sleep Menace, um Instagram No Sleep Menace, uh he he's an awesome producer he's he plays the piano, um I, my auntie gave me a piano 
through our church that we had when I was younger. I never did get into detail with it like I should have. Mm-hmm. But um, when I when I'm at the studio and I'm watching my producer go to work and go to work with his with the keys and stuff like that is is awesome. I, I love that. I love violins. I love the piano. Well, how did you meet uh, No Sleep then? How did how did tell us that story? Um, you know, working at working at um. When I was working at Apple for those two, two, three years, I, I met a, I met some key guys. Uh, no Sleep Menace is my main producer, my producer. Um, I, I met him working at, at Apple. I was, I, I was introduced to him through one of my supervisors there. And um, he had mentioned that he does music. And I went and talked to him, and, this, and, and we just went from there. He started me off and he stayed on me. He stayed on me. And the way that he stayed on me was like, man, do he see something in me that I don't see in myself? Mm-hmm. Um, so just to have somebody around me like like that, you know, like this is not basketball. This is not track. This is not my basketball coach telling me, okay, you got to run some suicides. You have to do this. You have to. You know, this is a guy that I just met, the grown man that, I, that has a family. Um, he sees a young man that's a couple years younger than him that's hungry for the music and to show people what he's about. So that's that's where No Sleep came in. Like I said, I feel like God ordained a lot of stuff throughout my 20s to be the way that it is for a reason. Things that I look back and I understand that I would not have been able to connect with people that way. It would not have worked because maybe I was too shy even as a grown man. Mm-hmm. So the way that things have been put together... Um, it is just amazing, and that's that's how I met No Sleep, and I met uh, Messiah that I'm in Tribe of Judah with, working um, for Apple, and it was just amazing. You need to get uh, ask Apple for an endorsement deal or Man. something like that because they've they've brought it all together. They, they, they brought it together for me. <laughs> Being in there, they brought it brought it together. It brought it together. And I, I, like I said, I'm really appreciative. Um, I've been appreciative working at Euclid because I met a good fellow. Um, Alex is an awesome person. That's why I'm here doing what I'm doing now. So these these jobs and stuff, I want to say people that's out there working these jobs that don't want to work these jobs, do what you have to do. God is going to make it better. It's a reason that you're doing what you're doing. So even if you don't want to go out here and work these hours and be on this clock, be on that clock, just make sure you save a couple dollars. I salute you, right? Like I that. salute. I salute you. I salute you. Appreciate that. Um, so do you guys play out anywhere or do you play uh, out we, anywhere? Um, we did a couple shows. I did a couple shows in Ann Arbor, uh, Ypsilanti, uh, a couple shows downtown. We we did one in Minnesota. Um, it was We did one um, inside. It was closed. And we did one outside as well. It was a, um, a venue. It was a venue. It was a lot of people there. It was, it was interesting. Um, really have not been doing any shows um as far as in the past couple months due to the uh new album that I am working on for myself. Um I've been putting a lot of work in with that. But uh yeah, the Minnesota trip that we took was amazing. That that, that taught me a lot. Yeah, where in Minnesota? Where was um, that? Minneapolis. It was Minneapolis. Uh It was it was a it was a, it was a nice little bar we was at. I'm not sure exactly the name of it, but um, 
Yeah, it was in Minneapolis. Okay. It was in Minneapolis. Uh, my mom's family is from Minnesota, so right. so. But um, but that's neither here nor there. Uh, but you mentioned uh, my next question is what you got coming up in the future, and you just mentioned an album that you're working on. So why don't you tell us about that? Um, Genesis, Genesis, that's my new album. That's gonna be um, man, wow, it's it's gonna be so much going on in that album. Um, I'm talking on my grandparents. I'm talking on situation with families. I'm talking about the streets. Um, talking about success, um, telling different stories. Genesis is the beginning, and I want that to be the beginning of what's great to come for 3D Vine. Um, Tribe of Judah is already intact, already ready, but I wanted to put out a solo album to show myself and show the world um, something different. Want to be different. I don't want just want to talk about the same old stuff that's going on throughout throughout our streets every day and and stuff that I didn't deal with growing up in Chicago. I didn't have to. My mother kept me in her arms. My grandmother, you know, they kept me sheltered. So the hard, harsh cities that I did live in. I didn't have to actually live in it, if you understand what I'm saying. Um, so basically, I want I want to give as much as I can to the young people throughout this next album that I'm putting out, which is the beginning of 3D Vine. Uh, my grandmother just passed uh, a couple weeks ago, um, close to a month ago, and I've been trying to work on this album maybe for six months before she left. Um, Right now, it's at its peak as far as with my work ethic. I have not been this hungry ever mm-hmm. in my life. It's not even with music. I don't know. So what I do know is Genesis is the beginning. And it's the beginning because I'm going to be telling a lot of different stories in it about the streets. Not that I had to deal with the streets, but I'm still going to tell people about the streets. Mm-hmm. So that, that's it. How many tracks are is it going to be? I, I want to do 12. 12 tracks. Okay. If, if I probably could squeeze in two more, I might do 14, but I'm aiming for 12. And how much of it is done, would you say, like like how, what percentage-wise? Like, um, 25%. Still what? got a lot of work. I, wanna, I want this CD to be done by Thanksgiving. I'm aiming for Thanksgiving. Okay. Are you recording it with No Sleep Menace? Uh yes, his his um the the instrumentals that I'm on is through No Sleep. Okay, those are his instrumentals. So he's putting the work in, he's putting the time in. He's been very picky with me, and I've been very picky with him, which is the way that it should be. Good business. Uh, and we we rolling right now. Uh, does Tribe of Judah have anything coming up? Um, visuals, visuals. We we um. We have a couple songs that we have out now that we're going to do visuals for, so be expecting that coming soon. Um, like I said, you go to my uh, SoundCloud at 3D Vine or go to um, Tribe of Judah, Uzoma Family online, check it out, check out some pictures, um, some past performances, stuff like that. But, yeah, we're just basically doing visuals. So hopefully we'll get some videos out there so we can get more of the few songs that we do have so people could see us mm-hmm. i feel like that'll allow people to be able to listen more they want to see who they're listening to so. right right 
Yeah, getting be, becoming visible is uh, and being prolific is like the best the best it, two it, 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 two pronged approach to uh, to getting out there. Right, so, right. Um, so we, we've we've covered your your musical career, um, uh, but I, I wanted to ask you about your poetry because uh, that was the first thing that you'd mentioned when I when I right. met you. And I, so, like, just tell me about your poetry and like how you write your poetry and like how much do you have and and you know if you read any poets and things like that. I know that's a lot, but we'll, it, we'll it's, work through it's it. It's not actually. Um, and, and what's kind of what I should say was crazy is that I do not know that many poets that. Me neither. <laughs> as far as especially to study from. Mm-hmm. And that's why I say this. I feel like this talent that I do have, I'm, I call it a talent because it's a blessing. It comes from God. I, I, it's within me. So I, I, I have not listen to poets like I should and like I will. So I can't say there's like certain people or anything, but my writing comes from my style, whatever I feel like is going on in my inner life or with life period. I try not to stress about it. So I sit down, I write about it a little bit um, and, and go from there. Mm-hmm. So you're just, uh, you, you, you feel the inspiration and you start writing basically. Right. right. I don't want to miss out on the moment. And I miss out on a lot of moments, I feel like, as far as with my mind and my writing. And mm-hmm. I can tell myself something that's, that's kind of like, hey, Vine, that's kind of nice. That's that's sweet. You know, I need to write that. But then I'd be in the middle of our daily life mm-hmm. and I don't get to it. And then just five minutes later, I can't pick it back up. So when I think of something, I really just try and put it down. If I have to get back to it, I get back to it. But if it's something that I feel like I have to have on paper or Something I would not want to forget. I I put it down now. I'm the same way because I I I haven't written a poem in, in a really long time, right. and so it's like sometimes if you're just not feeling it, you're not feeling it, right. you know. Um, but then the second that it happens, like I could be driving and like, man, I'm surprised that like you said, you know, God's watching out. He sure is for me because I, you know, I'm writing in the car or whatever, mm-hmm. and and uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the freeway with one hand, and but uh, but anyway. Um, yeah, actually, one of the things that I wanted to ask you uh, earlier was um, as far as your, you know, some people just get in the studio and they just get in front of the mic and can just do the lyrics. But you sound like you write it down before you go in and then and then uh, do it that way. Is that there is it a mixture of both for you? It's a mixture. It's a 75 percent is writing. Um, I mean, I, I have did songs where I freestyle maybe two, three minutes, but. Are any of those I, I, on your I, SoundCloud by any chance? Um. No soul. No soul. No soul. Leave no soul. I, I, I didn't write most of it. Well, I, I wrote it, but it's a lot of um, lyrics that I have and that's in no soul on my SoundCloud that was like a freestyle. It just was coming to the mind as I was on a mic. Um, but like I said, it's a mixture. It's a mixture because I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll be recording something that I wrote. And if I want to add a little bit of how I'm feeling while I'm recording, I'll throw that in there. Mm-hmm. Um, it makes it better. It makes it better. Your voice, I don't know, it's just something with the voice when you just, when you know your work, and you, and you, or if you don't just know your work, if you're reading from a paper, if you know your work, you know your voice, your voice be stronger when you know what you have to do. And sometimes when I go in there and I'm doing what I have to do and some extra stuff come out, it just makes it even better. All right. Uh, so... This is this is the part in the show where I ask you what you want to whine about. Um, 
Now you had mentioned to me, I think you texted me yesterday. You, you were kind of like, what does that mean? And, and so I, I do have to ask you, like, did, did you think of anything or was it, uh, was uh, there nothing really? What do I want to whine about? Um, yeah. And it can be a, anything. I mean, you know, you said like you, you know, you want to talk about like poverty and things like that okay. and things in the streets. You know, it's it's All mostly right. just the way that I a better way to phrase it is like, you know, is there anything that's bothering you either in your personal life or just in the world? And no topic is off limits. In fact, I should mention that uh, a lot of people when they come on here, they have that problem where they're like, I don't have anything. I feel like I don't have anything important enough to whine about or anything no, that's, no, no. that's good. Um, but uh, the, a lot of people, the the topics that there's three topics mostly. I call it the three T's. It's travel, Trump, and Twitter. It's travel, so like traffic and you know air travel mm-hmm. and things like that. Trump, politics, anything having to do with politics, and then uh, Twitter, social media. People whining about right. social. So those are the three most common topics I would say. All right. But, well, if you want to go there, well, as far as with whining. I do want to let the system know. I, I appreciate the system we live in. I mean, it's goods and bads in every country that it is in this world. But what I do want to talk about, want to whine about, I don't even want to say whine, but what I want to talk about and let people know that, you know, I have uncles and, you know, friends and things of that sort that have been locked up, let out, people that actually want to get their lives together. Mm-hmm. So, it has been getting better because there's people that has been getting out of um, from being incarcerated and able to go get temp jobs and this and that to provide for their families. But I want to let the system know that everyone should and deserve a second and a third chance at life itself. So for the people that is incarcerated, they're incarcerated. They're working. They're working. We don't see them working, but they're not working. Um and, and I don't know what they get paid, maybe a couple cents an hour, or whatever the case may be. I do feel that once their time is served, when they get back into our neighborhoods, they should have some type of chance, not go out there and they don't have a chance. And now their choice is, you know, is, 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 is debated that they're going out there making wrong choices when they're only making the only choice that they know how to make if they don't have a chance. So that's what I'm whining about. Everything else, I'm good. God allowed me to be able to wake up this morning in good health. I live my day. So the privatized prison system then, that's a good topic. Uh, so uh, what would you, like you said, and I see what your point is when you say like people get out and then they don't have a choice because the world won't give them a chance. So that what they, the only thing they can do is get back into to crime or whatever, whatever and then they, they get know. caught and then they get sent right back in. It's a system, right? Mm-hmm. Um, the privatized prison system scares the shit out of me because there are some systems in this country that should not be, you know, they should, making money shouldn't be the goal. Prisons are one of them. Hospitals are another one. Um, but uh, it's just so. My question is to you, like, how would you improve it personally? Like, just from what you your experience of it, like, what would you do to help these people get a second and third chance once they're out, so that they don't have to to continue on the path that they're on? I feel like if a person get out and want to get a job, or you know, they could go back to school or whatever the case may be. But if they get out and want to get a job, I don't think they should be classified or discriminated upon due to their past actions so once these companies begin to put on file that okay it's okay you could felony you you could still work but a felony 
someone could have a felony from 12, 13, 14 years ago and it still be lingering upon their name. They're a whole nother person, mm-hmm. a whole nother person. Probably don't even look the same anymore. But yet that same thing that they did 14 years ago still haunts them today. Um, not able to take care of their children like they want to, not able to really spend time like they want to because money is time. People don't want to say that. Money is very important. It's part of time because the world made it that, mm-hmm. you know. Um, so that's something we have to deal with until time change itself. Uh, but, yes, if these companies will begin to allow people to have these second and third chances, I feel like the neighborhoods will improve. I feel like the schools will improve because kids won't go to school hungry. One child talk about the next child because that child may be insecure about themselves or because the next child don't have this and don't have that. So if parents are able to be there for their children, then they will be. I feel like they will be. It's a lot of a lot of situations that go and that go on and occur today. These parents don't have a chance. Mm-hmm. And that's what they're labeled upon, that they're bad parents, but they don't have a chance because money is time and time is money. But like I said, God is of all. He's important. So. Everything will work itself out. Everything will work itself out. Mm-hmm. One one day at a time, right? One day at a time. Uh, so you mentioned like, uh, you know, get, get people getting the chance to have a job and not having the felonies on their record or their crimes on their record, you know, for however long it may be, a decade and a half down the road. Um, I was thinking like maybe something you mentioned that there people work in prison and I, I know that it's like all like menial jobs and stuff like that. And they might get a, like a, you said, a couple cents an hour, if, if that, right. Um, but it seems like, you know, even it's, they're not just sitting around in there. So it's like, even if they're, they're doing those, those jobs, like that is like something that they could, you know, at the very least they could use when they get out. Right. So it's like, you got a company, there's private companies that do that on the outside too. Like this guy already did it once mm-hmm. he's got you know experience. To, right. So maybe that's one way of, 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 uh, at the very least, I mean, it's a start, right? You it's know, it'd be start. something. It's a start. That could be, I mean, whatever they're in there doing, carpentering, whatever they may be up, in, you know, and they're doing, it could be on their resume. Mm-hmm. Okay, it's a resume from doing it here, but I did it. No matter where I did it at, I still did it. Yeah. You experience know? is experience. Right. Yeah. But, I'm a human, right? If I was born in a spaceship and out of space somewhere, I'd still be a human, I believe. So in that case, I feel like a person should still be a person no matter what occurs. Things changes. If God forgives, people should forgive. All right, man. I almost want to end it there because that's like such a good way of uh, of of uh, that'd be such a perfect ending. But we got to keep going. Uh, so, rather, I, I feel like we we should we'll wrap up the whining topic because you right. said what you needed to say right. there. But um, because I, I thought of another question, freestyling. I I've never done it, and I've I know people. I've had friends that do it, and I've I've seen people do it um just spur of the moment and where it's like a a, a setup type of uh environment you know where they know they're gonna they had to do it and they had days to prepare how does that work how are you thinking not only of words constantly in stream of consciousness but like you have to think of the rhyme too like how does that work when i first started doing this that kind of spooked me a little bit how how would i be able to continuously see this stuff People different. I, I I remember a lot of my songs. I, I remember my songs by studying the paper, looking at the words on the paper. So I'm studying it. I'm studying. I'm studying. I'm studying. And when I'm doing it, I can see it in my head. I can still see those words on the paper and see my eyes going down. So it's like the words are there. But when I'm freestyling, 
it's the same thing. It's there. It's there. So you see it's it just in front up of you. It's, I see it in I see it in my mind. It's just up to me on how I'm gonna present it. Mm-hmm. How I'm gonna get it out. Am I you know? And if I do allow my nerves to take over, then it's gonna be all over the place. Or I might get caught up in something like that. But if I feel like if you're in a zone, just is is there? Those words. It's in my mind. It's going past, and you know. So the words is in my mind. That's basically how I freestyle. Okay, so you, you literally see it like in I your can, mind's eye. There, it. like it's. I can it, see. It. It's, it's funny because I could be doing one bar and I could see what I'm about to say two bars from that one bar. You know, like so. Do you do you remember like a particular line or something that you said and you just thought of it and you were like, oh man, I can't believe it. Like. Like I feel like like I didn't come up with that almost you know it was like it was so good that something something else put that in my I, mind. I, I did a uh, actually I just I, when I get off work from the night shift I was dropping one of my friends off at home before I went and we had a, a freestyle session. Um, just the session before I did the certain song that I'm talking about we recorded it. Uh, once I once we turned the phone off. I began to, this was maybe um, a week before I went to visit my grandmother. And after I visited my grandmother, she passed four days later. So this was a week before grandma passed. Um, I had freestyled a conversation that me and grandmother was having with each other. Like I was her voice and I was my voice. It was all spiritual. And and the guy that was in there with me was just looking at me like, like dog, this is awesome, bro. Like uh-huh. you know, like this is awesome. I have to ask: is this is this uh, my grandma? The song "My Grandma" uh, on your SoundCloud? That's, that, no, um, that's her song. That's uh-huh. for her. Um, the voice that that you all will hear on that song, "My Grandma," um, that's her voice, her actual voice. Uh, but this was not that. This was um, a freestyle. Oh, okay, and it was basically me just going back and forth with me with my grandma because I felt for my grandmother at a certain time that I wasn't there for her like I should have been through her sickness. Um, this job that I have now, I wanted to quit maybe 20 times and just uh. go back to Chicago to be with her. But every time I would talk to her on the phone or visit her, her spirit would be telling me, no, you're doing the right thing. Not just being at that job, but it's going to be people that's going to pop up in your life that you're not going to expect in certain ways. So you need to stay where you are. I- I'm 89 years old. Vine. I done did this. I done lived three of your lifetimes that you ain't even lived the second one yet. Mm-hmm. I'm only 30. She lived three times that I would I could pass on and be reborn and pass on again, be reborn and then pass on. And that would be my grandmother's age. So there was nothing that I should be upset about, nothing that she would be upset about because I was not able to be there every day. I still mm-hmm. spoke to her every day, um, but man, it's, that, that's that's what it was. That's what that's that's what it is. Do you remember any of that? Any of that freestyle that you did with it was like you and your grandma. Uh, I, I, not to put you I on mean, the spot. I no, mean, you don't need not, to perform not, it, but just like any particular juicy well, lines or anything. Uh, I I really don't. The the whole thing went as far as basically her telling me just to. You know, relax. Mm-hmm. Just to relax. I see what you're doing. You good. Do you do what you're doing? Um, my grandma. That's 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 basically. I don't really remember that day, but I knew I knew it was sweet. I felt it. That's why I wanted to record it. Um, but yeah. Well, we'll have to wait for the out for Genesis then, right? To 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 get a taste I mean, of that. Not 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 really. Um. I could, I could, I could, I could give a little something. I could give a little something. Every day when I'm sitting, 
I pray every day that I'm sitting, I stay. Every day that I lose, I learn. Every day that I win, I take another turn. Heaven is heaven and hell is hell, but my mind is going to always be my mind. Jail is jail. Being free is being free. But when you live in an unconfidently way, you just might not be. See, every day that I walk the streets and I live my life, I live it to the best way possible. But what is it to do when you look in that life like there's nothing possible? See, but grandma taught me one thing, and she taught me to always hold my head high. She say, Vine, it's okay. Just know one day you might die. But see, today, today, you're going to wake up and you're going to fly. You're going to live. You're going to live and you're going to breathe. You're not going to ask God why. So I say, Grandma, is this, is this what it is? Is this the way it be? She say, yes, this is the way it is and this is the way it be. But your mind is going to always be with you to the day you leave. I say, Grandma, but what about my dad? What about my mom? What about my dad? She say, Vaughn, don't worry about that. You're going to always have your head. You're going to always have your mind. You're going to always have your dad. You're going to always have your mom. But see, when you don't, you lose. You lose because you lose faith. You don't believe. See, but I believe, and that's the way it's going to go. Because in these days, I've been ducking the bushes so I can live good in the tropical. It's been ideological. Receiving these messages making me look like I'm impossible but i'm feeling nothing that's really impossible i know that my blood filled with these blessings and lessons boy shit never matters magical it's feeling irrational but i'm loving the way that it's possible i'm feeling so spiritual but i'm loving the way that i'm lyrical i'm feeling like 3d 3dv that one day this right here, it might not even be. But today is the day that I climb. Today is the day that I be. Today is the day that I grind. Today is the day that I see. Dedicated, determined to dominate, boy. 3D. LeVon White, thank you so much for being here. We, we're going to end it there because that is perfect. Perfect place to end. Thank appreciate you so much, man. Appreciate you. Alex, man. Appreciate you, mom. Appreciate you, sis. And we here. We out, man. Thank All you. All right. Uh, I will be back on uh, Monday. Uh, I got another guest. Um, and uh, everybody have a great weekend. So this is uh, American Winer on podcastdetroit.com. Thank you.